Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 28 Days Ladyer. I am your host, Sophie, joined as always by my, wait for it, astounding co-host and younger sister, Hannah. How are you, Hannah? I am all right. Um, I think, in, I would say I, I'm pretty good, but I think uh, once we start explaining what is going on with this uh, particular episode, it would be a little more understandable why I'm feeling a little bit more just like, eh, all right. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it. Um, You guys haven't heard us in a little while. The last time we were in your ears, we were like, we're going to get back on a regular schedule. We're going to release episodes every week. We're going to do a bunch of movies for uh, Black History Month and Women in Horror Month in February. We're super excited about it. It's great. So, as you all know, the last time that we were recording, Hannah and I were preparing to go home. Um, And we did go home, and we had an amazing visit. Um, I mean, speaking for myself, I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I was like, I was so absolutely aching. Like, physically, I was aching to be home. Like, the number of times in the last year that I would just, like, something would set me off, and I would just break down crying because I missed my family so much. Uh, was high and yet I still don't think I even realized how much I needed to go home until we got home yeah I agree with that and I understand why there's a million movies that have been made where it's like a person hasn't been home in a while and then they go home (laughs) (laughs) yeah so initially when Hannah and I got home we were sort of like we had planned to record a couple episodes while we were home to sort of keep with our schedule and that just didn't happen uh, because we were really trying to soak up as much time with our family as we could and so we were going to watch a movie or sorry record an episode together in the car on the way back because we had like a 10 hour drive the first day from Delaware back to Chicago and so we recorded an episode for you guys we recorded an hour long episode um in the car while we were driving Hannah hosted because I was piloting the vehicle and uh she yeah I was gonna go I was gonna go as far as to say like I would dare say we even recorded a very special episode we did (laughs) we did um Hannah hosted it was great it also had us kind of like rambling about stuff that we saw as we were driving and it was kind of a fun experiment um and we got to a gas station and I was like, let's take a break and then we can fill up and we'll finish the episode. And as we left the gas station, I went to open what we had recorded and uh, there was an error. Maybe we had bad reception. It's not entirely clear what happened, but we had one hour of silence recorded. <laughs> um, I would and like to we say right say off the bat that-, that we had checked the audio first. Like we checked the recording setup before we recorded to make sure this would work and did like a test like a five minute test recording that came out fine. So. So yeah. Yeah. Unclear as to what happened there. And um, it should also be mentioned that by the time we stopped for gas, we had like the place that we were at in our uh, recording was basically, we had completely finished our discussion of the movie. Yep. And we were going to move on to like our in later news and our ending remarks. Um, So that's a, that's a real tough, uh, tough pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a real bummer, and we sort of at this point we had been in the car for like seven or eight hours, and we were sort of thinking about you know we could try to re-record it when we get home, but as you guys might imagine, uh, we just felt pretty deflated and tired, and just didn't want to re-record. So um, we have had a couple of weeks, and so now we're gonna re-record an episode about the movie that we tried to do an episode for you all. Uh, about while we were driving. So I just wanted to give you all that heads up off the top to say uh, if there are any points in this uh, recording where like our conversation sounds a little bit less than natural, it's just because we've had this entire conversation already. Um, And so we, we really wanted to still talk about this movie because we both really like it a lot and wanted to put it on more people's radar. Um, so we didn't want to not give you guys a review of it, but, uh, it's going to be a little weird for us because we're going to be recording a conversation that we've already had and trying to remember what we said last time because we don't want to miss any of the points that we made. So, um, so bear with us. This is going to be an interesting episode. 
Yeah, I would. I was gonna say like um, with that, like that's a great introduction, and also just with that in mind, it's like, yes, we've literally had this entire conversation already, um, and like it was in a situation where we got when we got off uh, to get the gas, we were like, wow, that was a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're gonna try to uh, like capture as much of that magic as we can, but. Is also going to be a little bit of a interesting journey along the way. Yeah. So um, the other thing we wanted to let you guys know is that uh, Hannah's school schedule has continued to be pretty grueling. And so despite our best efforts, we just don't think we're going to be able to do every week right now. Um, as you all know, self-care is really important to both of us. And so we wanted to be upfront with you all that the reason that we're going to be recording uh, and releasing episodes every other week going forward is to make sure that we give both of us, but especially Hannah, uh, space to have free time and take care of herself and not sort of be overcrowded in her schedule and over overcommitted. Um, so for the time being, we're going to release every other week and we'll sort of keep you guys posted as that changes. I think the hope is that we'll be able to go back to every week at some point, but that may be after Hannah's out of school. So just hang tight with us in the meantime um, we would much rather be able to get on a consistent schedule and get you guys content that we feel good about than try to sort of rush and create more stress, uh, for both of us and release content to you guys that we don't necessarily think is good. So, um, so that's, that's where we're at. I would agree with that. And as I am currently, um, applying for next year's placements and knowing that next year I'm going to have just as many classes, um, and even more field hours um yeah i feel like this could be our schedule for a little while going forward but yeah we're we're gonna do what we can do uh because that's that's all we can do and we're gonna and we want to make sure that we're modeling for y'all that taking care of yourself is important and we want you to do it and we're gonna do it too that way you have it that way you have it um (laughs) So Hannah, why don't you tell the good people about the movie that we're going to be talking about tonight? Well, I was going to say, since when we did this before, I was the lead. Um, you did like the synopsis or what have you. I sure did. So I was going to ask if you wanted to do that again, because I thought you did a pretty good job. Oh, goodness. Well, I would be happy to. Um, so the movie that we're going to talk about tonight is called Sweetheart. So as you guys know, our hope was in February, we were going to try to cover films um, that we thought would help to highlight uh, female filmmakers and black filmmakers and black female filmmakers for Women in Horror Month and for Black History Month. And as you know, we did not get through the four films we wanted to. But the good news is, guys, uh, you should still pay attention to and highlight and watch and consume media created by BIPOC and women, whether it's February or not. And as it happens, March is actually Women in History Month. I'm sorry, Women's History Month. So we're just going to roll into Women's History Month and keep doing the same thing. So tonight, as I said, we're going to talk about Sweetheart. We selected this movie. I had seen it previously. So it's kind of been on our list of movies that we might want to review for quite some time now. Um... And it stars Kiersey Clemens, who is a black woman, and was written and directed by J.D. Dillard, who's a black man. So this is going to be one of our uh, Black History Month movies. And uh, as I said, J.D. Dillard wrote and directed this movie. Folks may have some familiarity with him. He also wrote and directed Slight, which was like a a dramatic thriller about a guy who did uh, close-up magic. He directed the only episode of the Twilight Zone television show that was written solely by Jordan Peele. This episode was called Downtime, and it took place in the second season. For those of you that watched Twilight Zone, it was a really cool, weird episode uh, where basically this woman is going about her day, and all of a sudden everyone around her just starts like staring slack-jawed into the sky. Um, And it's like everyone powered down but her. It's very weird um, and awesome. So... 
He also directed an episode of the HBO show The Outsider. He did some work on the Amazon Prime show Utopia. Um, and I just learned that he directed one of the two-sentence horror stories on Netflix. Um, I should say I haven't watched any of these yet, but I am definitely going to watch his after this episode because I like this movie so much. Um, so Sweetheart is about a young woman named Jen, played by Kiersey Clemens. When the movie opens, it just sort of opens in media res, if you will. It, there's a cold open. We don't really know what's going on. Jen wakes up on an island uh, it appears that she has washed up on the shore of this island. And we sort of come to in this situation with her. She's looking around. She sees a man on the beach that we, it appears that she knows, although we don't know how well she knows him or how familiar they are. And we don't know what happened to them. Um, she goes over to him and finds him to be mortally wounded um and so he dies pretty quickly after she finds him and then she's just alone and she kind of tries to sort out what's going on she discovers that this island is deserted it's quite small there doesn't appear to be any other humanity or people anywhere and she's able to kind of walk the whole perimeter so we're now in a situation where this young woman is trying to survive on this deserted island um again we don't know how she got here we don't know if people are looking for her um, and as she spends time on the island, it becomes clear that some kind of predator is with her. And so she's sort of like trying to sort out what's going on. Um, and I don't want to give any more away until we get into talking about it. Cause I think it's fun the way that this movie sort of like unpeels the layers slowly. Um, yeah, so Hannah, well, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that, yeah, like for me too, when I watch it with you, because you had seen it before, um, you were also kind of careful, like not to tell me too much ahead of time. And you were also like, don't read anything about it. Like just kind of go into it, like not knowing it's better that way. Mm -hmm. And I, and I would agree. Like, I think that that paid off a lot in my experience of it. Yeah. And so I guess this is a good place to say that if you haven't watched Sweetheart yet, um, I think it's safe to say that we would both recommend you do watch it. It's available on Netflix. Please watch it before you listen, because I do think this movie is improved the less you know about what's going to happen in the story. I agree with that. So, Hannah, this was your first time watching Sweetheart. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you thought overall? What were your overall thoughts? Um, so one of the things that we talked about when we were watching it is that I have a huge crush on Kiersey Clemens. So I was pretty much like already in from the jump because of that. I mean, how could um, you not? She is so gorgeous. She, yeah. And in this movie too, like she's uh, essentially alone for most of the film. So she's really like carrying the movie and flexing her, her acting chops um, in a way that's very impressive. And, like, one thing that we both really loved about it, um, kind of from the get-go, is that, like, she, as a, like, as a horror movie, uh, female, um, she makes a ton of, like, really smart and very, like, well-thought-out decisions. Yeah. Um, which is not something we always see in horror movies. Or in um, movies in general, to be honest. True, yeah. So she's, like, yeah. a very capable heroin which is cool um yeah i'm kind of struggling with like because i love the movie but i'm like do i how you know like how quickly do i get into why i really loved it and everything when a lot of the reasons i love it are for like parts that kind of come later or you know like give more things away about it yeah, well, um, I mean, I think I think what you've said so far is, like, a really good uh, jumping-off point for sort of where you're at with the movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I could not agree more. So Jeremy and I watched this back when it came out on Netflix sometime last year. And um, I, I guess both of us, we had heard good things about it, but we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know what it was about. We sort of went into it the way you did. We knew Kiersey Clemens was in it. We really like her. And this movie just kind of blew our minds. So, um, and I think, like you said, 
she is a huge part of why this movie works because I mean the writing is very strong and we'll get into that as we go it's a big deal that she's a very competent protagonist like she's immediately doing really smart things to try to find food find water figure out a way to shelter herself I mean she's immediately doing stuff where you're like I don't know if I would have the presence of mind to figure this stuff out and I'm so glad that she kind of knows what she's doing yeah um but like you said, because she's alone on the island for so much of this movie, a lot of this movie is nonverbal. There really aren't a lot of lines because a lot of it is just her alone, not talking to anyone. And and this movie really is helped immensely by the strength of her performance. And she's just so much fun to watch in this movie. I completely agree. Um, so we'll get into some very initial, we'll pull away the first layer, if you will. So, um, the, the first morning after she has spent a night on the island, um, she had sort of dragged her friend up the beach further away from the water and sort of like put some, uh, palm fronds over him. But when she woke up in the morning, he had sort of been, the palm fronds had been displaced. And so she decides to dig a hole and she goes a little bit farther in, but she's, you know, she doesn't have any kind of implements or tools She's just digging with her hands. So she still digs a, a hole, a grave on the beach. It's basically right before you get to the tree line. Um, and it's not super deep. It's basically deep enough to fit him in. And then she covers the hole with palm fronds. Mm -hmm. um, and she wakes up the following morning and his body is gone and the hole is full of blood. And there are kind of drag marks, but it's unclear what happened to his body. Right. Um, and but it don't so, look good. That's for damn sure. Exactly. So immediately she is realizing that, you know, there is some kind of predator. She is not alone on the island and she needs to be careful and take care of herself. So she builds a fire that night and she carves herself a spear and she's sort of sitting at the fire trying to stay awake to keep herself safe. And importantly, she is sitting with her back against a log with her back facing the ocean, looking into the wilderness, assuming that that's where the predator comes from. And she wakes up having fallen asleep in front of the campfire. It's dark outside. She hears a helicopter or a plane flying overhead and takes a flare gun, which she has found in some of the stuff that's washed up after her. She takes this flare gun, runs out onto the beach to shoot the flare gun into the air, hoping that someone will see her and come to her rescue. And as the flare drops out of the sky, it illuminates some kind of humanoid monster standing out in the water. And so we now know that the predator that took her friend is not coming from on the island. It's coming from the ocean and it sort of chases her onto land and she hides from it. Um, and so now we're at a point where she has a kind of idea what is, what she's up against and she needs to figure out how to keep herself safe. Um, I would also refer to that scene as, um, probably my favorite scene of the movie. Oh, it's so um, good. It is so good. And like us watching it together and, and, you know, again, like you knew it was coming. I didn't, but like the, that's one of those scenes where. You, you know, like, there's certain movies where you just think on, like, the first time you ever saw it. And sometimes you wish you could, like, go back to the first time that you ever saw it because it yep. was just such, like, a exciting viewing. That, to me, was totally like that. Kind of like um, you and I talk a lot about, like, the movie Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. And I yep. always remember, like, the scene of uh, Elizabeth Moss being in the in the attic and throwing the paint down the steps. And he's right there. Like, a really good jump scare like that. Like, for as kind of frustrating and sometimes played out as jump scares can be, when it's, like, a really well done jump scare, it's, like, the opposite effect where you're, like, I will remember this forever and wish I could go back and have it be, like, the first time again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so, I want to know, because I had seen it before, like, I know that that scene scared you, did it surprise you? Like, did, were you surprised at the idea? Because I think they're really setting it up that, like, there's something living in the woods. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm wondering how that scene played for you. I thought that that was done very well. Like, I, I would agree that, like, the way that they had sort of been setting it up, I assumed that whatever was... Even, like, when she found um, that the her friend's body had been, like, dragged away, I thought that that really made it appear as though, like, that that had been... That it had been dragged into the woods, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, like, I was super not expecting the danger to be coming from the water. Although, I still can't remember, and I remember that we had this discussion when we recorded this before, but, like, I can't remember if, because she does find, like, a hole in the ocean, like, a big hole in the ground. Yeah. And I can't remember if that was before or after she sees the, the... sea monster for the first time because i kind of feel like that had to be before i think it is before yeah so they gave us some kind of a clue that you know something in the water was yeah yeah was not right um but yeah like i thought that that reveal was extra special for the way that they kind of tricked you into thinking like the water was safe right because she spends a lot of time during the day like swimming and fishing and being in the water um i guess that's the other thing is that it becomes clear that this monster at least initially is only coming out at night like she seems to be totally safe during the day yeah um okay so she's able to evade the monster on this first encounter um and oh wait is this when we get to talk about Chekhov's log (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I think Chekhov's log came before this. So, Hannah, why don't you uh, explain what a Chekhov's log is to some of our listeners who might not know, and then tell us about uh, said log. See, I was worried, you know, like, I was thinking in my head, like, oh, man, you know, maybe that joke isn't as fun as I think it is. And, like, maybe I, I just have to let it die. Um, and then losing our whole episode and everything is like, well, you know what? Now I'm just going to keep talking about it. Chekhov's still, it's log. still great it's still great. um it just you know just it's more relevant than ever um but basically like um the idea in like literature of Chekhov's gun is like you don't introduce a a gun in act three if it doesn't go off or sorry in act one if it's not going to go off by act three it's like this idea that if there's going to be like an object or especially like something kind of foreshadowed um that it needs to actually come to fruition you can't just like show it and then not but um because of that there's a rather large log on the island that she walks past a couple times early on in the movie to which i naturally leaned over to sophie and said um is that like Chekhov's log and then i also said Chekhov's log is the name of my dick (laughs) yep And then we sure had a lot of fun with that for the rest of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least, or at least I sure did. (laughs) We did. No, we, fun was had. So the second night, uh, the monster comes back up on to shore, but Kiersey Clemens to protect herself has crawled feet first into Chekhov's log so that her head is closest to the hollow opening and she's in there with a spear and she falls asleep in there. Um, and the monster does find her and shake the log around pretty violently, but she's able to survive encounter number two because of Hannah's dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, see, it protected her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that happens. And... As all of this is going on, we are also getting daytime sequences where more stuff is washing up on shore. So we still don't know exactly how Jen got there or what was going on. I mean, it seems like there was some kind of shipwreck. We don't really know, you know, what kind of a ship, how many people, etc. But we have seen her, um, like her suitcase come yep. up at one point. And, um... Well, we don't know if it's her suitcase, right? Because... We haven't decided if all those clothes are hers or not. I mean, yeah, it's confusing because it fits her. Everything fits her perfectly. But also, like, but she finds 
Does she have her backpack on her in the beginning? Yes, she has her backpack okay, at the she beginning. Has, like, so that's how we see own... like her journal and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she gets a backpack at one. Or sorry, she gets a suitcase at one point, um, which gives her a wardrobe that she can sort of change around in, which is nice. Uh, you know, we joked a lot because she is primarily wearing bathing suits uh, or active wear for the majority of this movie, athleisure, if you will. Um, and Hannah and I were kind of like talking about the over-under on how many yeast infections and or UTIs she was going to get from always being in a wet bathing suit. I mean, like, I'm all for trying to keep yourself contained, and this is a movie, but I think if this was reality and practical, like, I might just be walking around naked because I'm not trying to get a yeast infection when I'm on an island alone and can't get any kind of medicine for it. <laughs> um yes as someone who gets like chronic utis i can think of few things more horrific than than that <laughs> than that scenario yeah um so other things that wash up on shore include another body or should i say part of another body hannah don't don't um yeah so eventually uh Someone else um, that I think we can gather from the way she reacts to him is someone she knows and is also from the the shipwreck um, washes up on shore and he is only half of a person um, and he also has like some pretty big like gashes and sort of like scratches in him mm-hmm. um, which also kind of goes along with some of some other clues that we've seen with like um she finds a shark at one point um that's kind of in pieces and a lot of fish that have been just sort of like eviscerated casually mm-hmm. um now we should clarify that from the uh sorry to interrupt you from that guy's body it is not clear at the time whether his injuries like, I think we see him... Do we see him before the monster shows up? I don't think it's clear when his body shows up if his injuries happened and that's how he died or if, like, animals have been feeding off of his body since it's been in the water. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate. Although I did think, like, a little bit... I remember there's, like, a really big, uh, like, like scratch across his face. yeah. Um, and it's all, like, bloated and gnarly. And you're, like, maybe that is just supposed to be, like, um, like, just general creatures kind of feeding on him. I mean, that could sea, have happened but... for, on the propeller, you know, could have been a Harper's Island I guess that's I guess that's very true. I guess that's true. At that point, I was just, like, so suspicious of everything that I was like, a monster! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um... So I'm trying to keep the thread of what what continues to happen. So the next thing she does, right, is she, like Hannah said, she's incredibly capable. She she tries to turn the suitcase into a flotation device to try to escape. Um, At some point, she finds a backpack or a cooler or something on the island that seems like it belonged to someone else who either got stuck there or was camping there or something. Like she finds a cooler with some... Uh, glass bottles of coke and some other stuff um and you know there are some matches she's incredibly resourceful with the stuff that she's able to find and so eventually as she's discovering that a lot of her efforts are not keeping her safe from this uh monster she decides to build a hammock out of some of the materials that she's found and Mm -hmm. so she gets herself tied up really high in a tree in a hammock to try to sleep um but of course She's not safe, um, and the monster finds her and shakes her loose, and thus we get to one of the other big, awesome uh, action scary sequences in the movie, which features this monster chasing Kiersey Clemens out of the woods and down the beach uh, in the middle of the night, where it's kind of like twilight, and it's sort of the second time that we see the monster because the the. Aside from seeing his outline, its outline in the water, all the other encounters, even though we know the monster is present, we're not seeing the monster. We're just 
right. hearing it move around or something like that. Right. In fact, I also, like, I tried to find, um, I tried to find a clip from this movie. I wanted to show um, a friend of mine, like, the part with the flare gun, because I just mm-hmm. thought it was so brilliant. And I was trying to say, like, here's why you should watch this movie. Um, and then when I was looking, I couldn't find that scene, but I did find, like, this scene had been released um, as, like, a promotional thing. Mm-hmm. And the the tagline for it was just, did you see that? Which I thought was, like, ooh, like, even eerier and, like, because there's, like, there's a shot of her in the hammock where she can kind of, like, hear that the monster is nearby and then she's kind of, like, scanning for it. Yeah. Um, and eventually does, like, you see it and the way it's filmed is really cool because um, it's sort of, like, you could kind of see it but it's also kind of half camouflage in, in like, the foliage around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so also if there's any part of you that's like, oh, do I want to watch this movie? That's also a great little teaser to check out ahead of time. Oh, for sure. I didn't even know that that existed, but that's such a good idea. Um, I mean, something that we didn't talk about in our initial, in our, in our first take of this recording that I think is worth talking about is J.D. Dillard absolutely takes a page out of Spielberg's book here as far as uh, the way that he chooses to show the monster and when. Um, And I think the pacing with which we see the monster and slowly see more and more of what the monster looks like is absolutely phenomenal. I would agree with that. I think like one thing that we talked about, because it's come up on our podcast before, is like feeling like um, sometimes movies either show the monster too much or they don't show the monster enough. Or, like, in this case, they reveal the monster to you, I would say, pretty much, like, I mean, perfectly, in, like, little by little and allowing it to build tension um, without giving too much away. And then once you do really see it, it's also a really good creature design, so it, it stays scary, like, even after you've seen it fully. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And I think they do a really good job of, like you said, sort of like building it up slowly, right? The first time we see the monster, it's just the silhouette. And this time we sort of see the monster fully in that we are seeing it standing next to Kiersey Clemens. We can see it's much bigger than her. We can see it kind of has scaly looking fishy skin um, and sort of a human body, but its head does not look like a human head. But it's all in shadow um, or moonlight, so it's not very bright. Um, This is also a a sequence that has another scene that uh, scared us both pretty good, which is when Kiersey Clemens runs out onto the beach, she's running around the island, sort of parallel to the water, and all of a sudden the monster jumps in the water, and it's you're like, what? Like, it seems so intent on catching her, where did it go? Right. And then what you realize is that the monster moves way faster in the water than it does on land. So what it has done is dove in the water at an angle and then it shoots out of the water and lands in front of her on its feet, which is horrifying. And again, is another great jump scare because it happens so quickly that you can't prepare for it to happen. (laughs) Yeah. And and also that just like that scene in general where it's, jumping in and out of the water and swimming up next to her at like top speed, like you said, is like genuinely terrifying and really got like both of us, like even though you had seen it before, you were still like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really effective um, and really scary. And she is of course uh, able to, she gets a good stab at it with her spear and it sort of retreats injured back to the ocean. And so she lives to fight another day. Um, and, and then and on, on this day, her circumstances change a little bit. I was going to say, and then we meet the true villain of this movie, <laughs> The real monster. A straight white man. <laughs> so, so tell me about her new, uh, her new guests. Yeah. So we know from, yeah. So um, as after she's had this like horrific uh, day um, where it was a very close call. She then um, is 
is it she wakes up to them or she's fishing? I can't remember exactly, but I, I think she's already kind of up and about. I don't think it's first thing in the morning. Yeah, like she's like kind of planning like what she's gonna do for when it returns. Um, and a lifeboat starts approaching, and then she swims out to see who it is and help them come onto the beach. Um, and we can see from pictures that she has like been looking at in her um notebook that was in her backpack earlier um that it's the people who get out of the lifeboat are her boyfriend um and then another passenger who had been on the boat with them who's also their friend um uh hey and... are they by chance also bipoc folks no so they're so white they're super white <laughs> and everything that they say and do from that point on is very much like an allegory for just the way that white people and especially white men. Cause I think he, especially like with just like his, his dialogue and um, his character is just really there to sort of like, discredit and um put down Kiersey Clemens character and like her experiences that she's had so far in the movie yeah absolutely I mean I think like you said they're they are a great allegory I would go so far as to say that they sort of stand in at least for for me and I think for you in our viewing experience to sort of stand in as representatives of like a white supremacist patriarchal culture that just like has no time for the experiences or knowledge or desires or safety of uh, folks that are somehow le- quote unquote less valid because they are not white and they are not men. Yeah. Like she, she has this like sort of like, you know, she has like a tearful reunion with them and they have kind of a minute to like kind of catch up on like, Oh, Hey, how, how have you been since the shipwreck? And, um, and like, they have a, a nice little, like, they have a little bit of downtime. But Kiersey Clemens, like, knowing what she knows and seeing what she's seeing is also, like, we got to get out of here. Um, So she, like, I mean, well, one thing that I sort of pinpointed right away was also that, like, for this guy being her boyfriend, um, when they first are interacting on the beach, he's, like barely acknowledging her and like um he's like sitting on the he's like sitting on a log next to the other girl and kind of like tending to her more than he's really like like I just remember thinking like and saying to you like if if he's her boyfriend like why is he you know like being kind of weird with her um yeah their dynamic is off like feels off immediately I think you're immediately right to call that out yep Yeah, and so she kind of, like, gives them a little bit of downtime, but then immediately is like, okay, guys, listen, like, we don't have time to chill too much because, like, it's not safe here and we need to leave. And um, their response is basically like, no. (laughs) And um, and we get the, uh, like, titular movie reference... Um, which I loved because I was really waiting to see like how that was going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, like why this movie is called Sweetheart. And basically she's like telling her boyfriend and the friend, um, you know, like that she has seen some shit, that she's almost died. Like things are really dangerous. They need to leave. And her boyfriend is like, sweetheart, you're probably just dehydrated. Yeah. And, and he makes a point of telling her, uh, I forget if it's exactly when he calls her sweetheart or later. It's right around the same time that she's going to be safe now because he's there. Like right. completely invalidating that she has been doing a phenomenal job of keeping herself alive. She's in way better shape than them. I mean, to be fair, she's on an island where she can try to fish and stay out of the sun and eat and things like that that they didn't have access to. But for all intents and purposes, she's way better off than them. So him immediately being like, oh, you must have been totally incapable of taking care of yourself until I got here and everything's going to be fine now. 
Yeah. He's like, hey, good news. I'm here now. And also everything that you're saying is not true. Yeah. And also, sweetheart, you should smile more. <laughs> Basically yeah. is his vibe. <laughs> this guy sucks. Um, For those of you that have seen the movie Brooklyn, he's the guy that plays the love interest opposite uh, Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn. Um, I think he's great in this movie. He really plays like a shitty, smarmy nice guy in the best way possible um so it was really it's really uh fun is not the right word but like it's really um gratifying to watch this experience and have someone like show it and call it out but it's interesting too because i'm sure there are people who watch this movie and they're like he and that other girl are being totally reasonable and kiersey clemens is being you know ridiculous or too insistent or whatever like I'm sure there are people who read this the other way and don't get that uh these folks are not handling things properly right well yeah that's part of why I think it's so seamless like the way that his that his dialogue in particular um not only seem like feels like it actually it tracks and it makes sense um but also too that it's like you can also like, it all fits very naturally with what's going on in the action and in the story. Um, but at the same time, it also applies so well to just, like, this greater conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what we what we learn as we get to spend some time with these people on the island with her um, is that, or I guess I should back up before we learn this, uh, they tell her they'll leave with her and, or they sort of like intimate that they will eventually, but like they need some time. And then when she's like, we got to get out of here before it gets dark, they say no. And she's sort of like, well, fuck you guys. Like I'm not staying on this Island another night. So she packed, had already packed up all the stuff they needed, done all this work to get it ready for them to go while these other two just like sit around and do nothing. So she, uh, Attempts to take the, yeah. So she attempts to take the lifeboat with the supplies that she's gathered. Um, and they go after her and they wrestle her out of the lifeboat. And the the uh, female character, whose name I don't remember, and honestly, I don't care and it doesn't matter. Um, she hits Jen in the face with an oar and knocks her unconscious. And when Jen wakes up, she is tied to a tree and it's getting dark outside. And she's really scared. Um, and it's in this moment that we learn from the girl and then from her boyfriend that within her group of friends, Jen has a reputation for being dishonest, for making stuff up to get attention or blowing things out of proportion. And specifically, this girl talks about um, an instance where Jen said she was mugged and her friends either found out that was not true or didn't believe her. And when we talked about it last week, I was sort of like, I've always had an issue with this being part of the plot because it feels like it's giving the audience an out to sympathize with her friends for not believing her if she's been dishonest in the past. And Hannah totally rocked my world, so I'm going <laughs> to give her the floor to do that again for everybody else. Um, well, just that, um, yeah, so when we talked about this before, um, we both, like, in discussing uh, when the group of friends or when we learn more about her history in the group of friends, um, we had like different readings of it where you had that reading of it. And, um, and mine was like, I felt like it was the opposite or different. Like um, that basically uh, she has been conditioned to assume that no one's going to believe her because nobody believes her. And so like, I didn't think it was supposed to be like, um, to give you the audience doubt or make you think she's actually been making things up. I think it was more like she's been so defeated already by this group of like quote unquote friends. And um, from what we've seen, all white people um, sort of telling her what, to, like how to be and how to feel that. And whether or not her experiences even happened to her. Right. right? And like, and cause one thing she said too was like, you know, like, she sh like because she didn't have proof she should have known that they weren't going to believe her and so they are telling when they refer to the instance of her being mugged 
I was like, I read that more as she really was or something really happened, but she didn't have like the proof or whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to, to, to get the reaction that she like deserved from them and that she has like so internalized their like continuous, like them continuously like putting her down and sort of like telling her what to feel um, that she's just like not even trying to like fight it at this point. She's just like, whatever, like you're not going to yep. believe me anyway. Yeah. Which I think is a phenomenal, just like a really beautiful read that, that totally tracks to me and I really like it. Um, and so now we have the, the guy has sort of wandered off into the woods to look for the monster or to see, I mean, not to look for the monster cause they don't believe her, but to sort of like see if they're safe and this girl is watching Jen, who's tied up. And at this point, um, Jen, the girl leaves, the guy comes back. He sort of has a similar conversation with Jen about her, like, making a big deal out of things and uh, not always believing her. It is during this conversation that we find out that while they were on whatever trip they were on, uh, she had broken up with him or had at least, yeah, had told him that she didn't, want to be in this relationship anymore. And so that kind of helps explain his demeanor towards her since he's some of his demeanor toward her. Oh, it doesn't excuse (laughs) it, but like it explains like the weird vibe that we've been getting is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, And the fact that, you know, like that him and this girl probably killed someone, I think also. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Hannah. Um, (laughs) So then uh, they're talking and they hear a homegirl scream and the guy runs after her and uh, unfortunately the monster, the monster got her and uh, he yanked her right into the ocean and she's gone. And so now she totally deserved it. And even though Jen told her like a million times, there's a freaking monster on this island and it comes out of the water. This girl is like walking in the water, just like, dipping her little toesies in and like right after sunset. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so now it's just Jen and her ex on the island. She's able to break free from being tied up. And the next day they're like, all right, we're going to get out of here. You know, we don't have any other choice. And um, they get on the lifeboat and they head out. Now, the day before when Jen was trying to get them ready to leave, she had gone fishing um, and in the process of fishing, while using her boyfriend's pocket knife, she noticed there was some blood on the hinge of the pocket knife. Um, they get in the boat, and there's blood inside the boat. Um, this dude's being real sketchy about what happened. He's, you know, she's sort of, like, giving him a hard time. He says something about, like, you sound just like whatever, whoever the guy is that washed up with half his body missing. Um, and so it's clear that, uh, this guy and the girl most likely killed the other person who's washed up. Uh, we don't know why, under what circumstances, or whatever. Um, but this is sort of the, the, the predicament now that Jen's in, right? Like, this guy is terrifying, and she has no reason to believe that she'll be safe with him if things become dire, but this is the only option right now. Um so right. they are, they're just taken off and uh, we get And also first... I want to just say that also at this point in the movie is when she says in voiceover that it's been like about a week since they're, right. since the boat uh, shipwrecked or whatever, since they got to the island. And I just have to say that I was shocked because I thought just based off of like the filming kind of that more time had passed. But then also to think that for whatever reason, um, her boyfriend and that other girl had already killed their friend like three days in to them being in a shipwreck. I was like, these people are bad news. <laughs> hey, I want to clarify that the guy that we think they killed, I don't think he was one of their friends. I, I think he might have been someone who like worked on the boat because it looked like he was in some kind of uniform and he looked older than them. Okay. It doesn't make it okay. He, they still killed someone. They still killed a man, like, um, real quick. But they <laughs> killed, like, a casual acquaintance, not a close friend. So let's just keep that straight. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So now the monster shows up, and we get probably our uh, our third and equally effective really good monster scare. Hannah, do you want to tell us about it? 
Oh, so this part was so good. It also made me jump like out of my skin. They're in the lifeboat. And not only is it scary because Kiersey Clemens gets in the lifeboat and sees that there's blood on the ground or like on the floor of this raft. So, you know, at that point, like, okay, yeah, they definitely killed this other person um, that was in the boat with them. But then as she's sort of trying to like still like keep her boyfriend like on task, who's like kind of freaking out about just like still freaking out about seeing the girl get eaten by the monster um that he she tells him to like close the close the vent or or he's paddling or something and as that's happening the sea monster which we've never really seen too much during the day at this point we've not um, seen it during the day at all we've only right. seen it at night and he come it comes like swimming out from underneath of the raft like right where they are and yeah, it's that was terrifying. It was yeah, I was not expecting it whatsoever. And uh so they like we jump, everyone jumps. Uh that's a great scare and it's followed immediately by one that I think I like even better, which is the, the two of them sitting in this boat, in this lifeboat. They have now already seen uh they've already seen this thing. Uh you know, like, they know that it's there, but they're too far from shore to do anything about it. And the the bottom of their life raft is sort of like the material of like a tarp that you put under a tent or something. And it just kind of pushes up as though the monster is below them and, like, pushing its hand against the bottom and then raking its hand across the bottom. And they can't do anything except, like, hide and cower and hope that they're safe and of course right and it's like a thin piece of tarp over water so it's basically like trying to hide from a clawed hand on a waterbed yes that's a great (laughs) analogy that's a great analogy uh it's like trying to hide from freddie when he's inside the waterbed like you're just gonna do it um and so the monster rips the bottom of the of the lifeboat open he gets Kiersey Clemens out and is dragging her towards the huge gross scary hole in the bottom of the ocean um and she's struggling and struggling and she manages to stab it in the ribs with the pocket knife that she still has and we had this whole conversation about how around the time that she's uh stabbing it the boyfriend gets in the water with one of the spears and when we watched it together, we were sort of like, it does not feel believable that he would try to save her. This guy sucks. Yeah. And then when we talked about it, it was like, oh, we don't even think he was trying to save her. He might have just been jumping in the water with a spear to protect himself and try to, like, bail out from the lifeboat and swim back to shore while the monster is distracted with Kiersey Clements. Yeah, I think that is kind of what makes more sense because he's kind of like, he also jumps kind of, like, out and away. Mm-hmm. From where she is with the monster. Um, But yeah, we were both like, we were both like, I don't understand if, like, why would he try to save her after how much he's been, like, a total selfish dick up until this point. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so. Jury's uh, still out on that one, but I like to believe it's that he was trying to save himself because I also feel like his death wasn't as, like, uh, dare I say, like, violent as I would have liked it to be like I want him to get his comeuppance a little bit. I don't better. know, dude. We watched him get dragged, kicking and screaming into a bottomless hole in the bottom of the ocean. Like he just gets dragged into like suffocating, crushing darkness, which I think is pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up, but also like I don't know, call me old fashioned, but sometimes in a horror movie, I like my I like my bad guys or like my. Uh, my obnoxious teenagers to just like get their heads like popped off cartoonishly or sure something of that nature like or like getting his dick chopped off and dying that way like that would have felt great to me that would have definitely (laughs) the tone of this film (laughs) no i get you though i get you um so kiersey clemens is able to make it back to the island and we get our climax of the film where kiersey clemens has to have a showdown at night with the monster um she has sort of lit a ton of huge fires and built a ton of stakes and sort of stuck them everywhere so that if she wherever she ends up with the monster she can always grab a a spear 
and it comes onto the, the island and we get this amazing showdown, like all by firelight in the in this like tropic wilderness. And it is so badass and really cool. Wait, is that the end? Doesn't that happen earlier? Doesn't it just die when it goes in the hole? Because it's been like stabbed and then. No, I think she attack gets it on the island at the end. I don't think so, because she just climbs back in the raft after after it goes down the hole with the bad guy. Are you sure? And that's how the movie ends? She's just on the, the raft? Yeah, but the monster's dead because she stabbed it a bunch. And then... All right, now I'm Googling the plot because I don't... As you guys can tell, we... Uh, it's been a little... No. Yeah. Now alone, Jen uses her journal to help any individual who may encounter the monster after washing up on the island if she dies. That night... Jen sets a trap for the monster, luring it to a circle of wood and grass, which she sets on fire to surround it. She battles the monster with a series of sharpened branches and bones from the graves of a family the monster killed. Both severely injured, the monster chases Jen to the shoreline but collapses from its wounds. Jen decapitates the corpse and limps away to the raft, carrying the severed head as proof of what happened on the island. The lifeboat trashed. She cannot sail away, but as the camera pans out, it reveals that the island's foliage is now partially ablaze, big enough that rescue shouldn't be far away. Wow. I totally did not remember the ending of that as well. Maybe we well, should Well, way to just gaslight out. the shit out of me on a movie about gaslighting. <laughs> I, but I could have sworn when we talked about this, when we filmed our episode, we stopped talking after he goes down in the hole. I don't think we did. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's been a couple weeks since we watched it. It's all good. <laughs> um, I like this ending better because this ending is like she's definitely going to get saved. And I didn't even read it that way. But I like that the Wikipedia entry is like she's keeping the head for proof because she's like, I know that like society at large, like white supremacist patriarchal society is not going to believe me. So I'm going to keep the head. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, so, Hannah, what did you think of Sweetheart overall, and how many Bloody Marys out of five would you give it? I loved it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was super fun to watch also, which I think, like, in episodes past, I've talked sometimes about how, like, sometimes something just being, like, fun and enjoyable is the most important thing for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was amazing for that reason. And then... Um, for Kiersey Clemens and the writing, I think it was stunning. I think I honestly might give it a five out of five. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, she never does this. <laughs> Truly never. This, wow. Mark your calendars. On this date, March 1st, as we record. The movie Sweethearts uh, really warmed my my cold dead heart (laughs) oh my god um well that's absolutely amazing um i think i am gonna give this movie this is tough because i feel like i give everything a five if i'm really going with my gut i'm gonna give it like a four and a half um only because like i would love to get like some of the performances that aren't kiersey clemens uh, that's fair the, i did say the they aren't guy. quite as good as hers i yeah. mean you should stick with the five this movie is like stellar but i'm gonna give this movie four and a half floaty marys and each one is gonna have a little one of those little like cocktail umbrellas to make it feel beachy <laughs> and i'm gonna drink it in my athleisure or like um uh, some kind of alcoholic version of that drink that they used to have at friendlies that was like oh with the shark in it freezy with sharks in it and then it had like a little island of ice cream in the middle um, fun fact, a while back, I did look up how to make uh, an alcoholic cocktail that has like blue curacao and rum and some other stuff. So it's basically a boozy version of that. Um, I didn't end up making it. I forget why I looked it up. Um, I was going to make it and didn't. So fun fact. <laughs> um, Hannah, I understand that you have our in Ladyer news this week. So uh, hit me. Um, also, that just made me laugh because I did have a friend in college who all the time on people's birthdays would be like, here's this thing I was going to get you for your birthday, but then I didn't. And we always used to think it was so funny because it happened like every single person's birthday. She'd be, she'd be like, here's this great thing I was going to do, but didn't. 
And we would be why like, why would you ever do that? I know. We would always be like, why does she always tell people like, I was going to do this for you. And then I didn't. It's I was like, going to do this really nice thing, and then I changed my mind. And then I forgot. <laughs> it's like, oh it's like, gosh. who is this for, exactly? Um, anyway, so my in later news is, um, so I also was a little bit wrong when I told you about this before. I, I thought that something sort of new had happened, um, in particular, about this person this week. Uh, but not, well, I'll explain. So basically, the reason I found out about this person was because a uh, someone made a, like a, a meme that was going around um, because Kendall Jenner posted a picture of herself in a very uh, tiny bikini and it got like, I don't even know, like some insane number of likes um, and it like temporarily like broke Twitter or something with people viewing it so after that happened somebody made a meme with that picture next to a picture of 19 year old Alyssa Carson who is um like she is the youngest person to have ever uh she's graduated from the advanced space academy program at the age of 16 and she's also the only person ever to have attended every single um like nasa space program that was available to her in her lifetime um that's amazing yes and um she's 19 years old she's the youngest person i believe to have ever graduated um from that program like male and man or woman or anyone um or non-binary, like any person of any person ever. And so basically someone made this meme being like, hey, instead of spending, like people spending all this time staring at a picture of someone in a bikini, let's also like try to remember that there are people like Alyssa Carson, who's someone you, whose name you don't know, who's doing really amazing things, um, but you don't know anything about her. Um, so that's kind of what I, what sparked me to then go and Google her and then read about her and read about how she's probably going to be one of the first people on Mars. And, um, and also the thing that I read was also basically being like, you know, like no shame and like putting pictures of yourself in bathing suits on social media and everything. I'm just trying to say like, you know we should there should be more of a conversation about who Alyssa Car- Carson is and how impressive she is. Well, that's really awesome. Um we will definitely share some info about her in our show notes. Um like I said up top, we're going to go to every 2 weeks, so we'll be back in your ears in 2 weeks with uh, our next movie that we're going to be reviewing for our belated Women in History uh Women in Horror and Black History Month series. Um which, by and, the way, I had said to you, Sophie, when we said, you know, like, we kind of goofed that up a bit with the end of the month. Um, I was like, honestly, if any of our listeners, like, I find it very hard to believe any of our listeners will be, like, uh, disappointed or frustrated or even surprised by us just continuing to focus on, uh, like, female-oriented horror. Because that's kind right. of our, it's kind of our kind jam of our anyway. Jam. Here at the uh, Lesbian Horror Podcast. Exactly. Um, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do so via email. Our email address is 28dayslatier. That's the number 28dayslatier at gmail.com. You can also follow us or hit us up on Twitter. We are 28dayslady underscore ER. Um, I think that's it for this week, Hannah. Uh, do you have anything to tell the fine folks at home? Um, don't wear a bathing suit when it's wet for an extended period of time because that can also give you a uti uh much like when you don't pee after sex so always pee after sex <laughs> Blink. Blink. Do you want to make sure, do you want to say that again so that all the listeners really know that you're
you know, good childbearing hips. I had a great baby bucket. There you go. Good, solid baby bucket. After seeing pictures of Mama and Mom when we were home, I can kind of see where we got it from. Oh, so that's where we get our hips. Oh, that's where that baby bucket came from. What I should do is make my new text tone me making the inception noise. <laughs> so it would be even more jarring. I don't know if it will be any more or less annoying when it is already. That's what you think. It's also shocking how interesting.